So hopefully today God will speak at least one thing. <laughs> um, so we're going to start. Because we're all at different places, we have kids in the room and we have people who may be new to Christianity, we're going to start at the very, very, very basics. We serve one God, right, that has three persons. Now that is a very complex idea that we are not going to dig into today. But the three persons are God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. I like how Roger Ellis um, goes into naming the roles of each person because it kind of helps us get a framework for how he moves in our lives. So the Father is the originator. He is where all things start. He is the, the one that is, brings things forth. He sins. He creates. The Son is the, is the um, sorry, the Son is the foundation. He forms, he redeems, he mediates, he comes in, and he intercedes in the midst of creation and, um, and the work of the cross. And then we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the actualizer, or the one who comes in and does the work. We see him reveal, empower, and equip. So today we're going to talk about the, the, God, the part of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, who comes in and empowers and equips us to walk out a life that is in love with Jesus and the Father. So we see God at the beginning of creation. We see the Holy Spirit present and active. So all of these aspects of God, the, in the Trinity, every aspect is completely God, right? So we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All of those have all the same attributes. They are all fully God, but they all operate in different ways. So when we see at creation, we see God moving through all aspects of the Trinity. We see the Holy Spirit hovering over the water. The Hebrew word for spirit here is ruach. It means breath or wind. God is, the Holy Spirit is that breath or wind of life that comes in and fills the room, fills the lives of people. The girls often ask me, um, have asked me over the years, how do you know that he's here? How do you know that he's present? And I think about it like this, like God is wind. You can't see wind in reality. Like, the reality is, is there's wind in this room. There is air that is moving in this room, correct? Everybody can agree? <laughs> but you can't see it. It's not visible to us. But we can see the evidence of that wind. When the wind blows through the trees, we see it move. When the sand on the beach is blown by the wind, we see that move. You can feel the wind on your skin. You feel the evidence of the wind that's present, but you don't see it. And just like in this room, everything is still and calm, but he is here. He's present. He's active. He's moving in each of your lives, but you may not recognize it. You may not see it, but he's working. Just like the wind is giving you air to breathe and ways to, if the wind wasn't, if the air wasn't moving in this room, we'd all be, you know, kind of stagnant and 
that, you know, be gross in here. <laughs> but thankfully, it's moving, right? And then there are other times in our lives when the Holy Spirit moves in powerful ways, where we see him move, and we can recognize it right away that that's him moving. We get to participate in that way with the Holy Spirit. We get to recognize him in the evidence of what he's doing in the earth. So we see God, we see the Holy Spirit present and active in the Old Testament from creation, where he breathes the breath of life into Adam. From, from that to Joshua, we see him when God choo- when the Holy Spirit comes on and cho- chooses, tells Moses to choose Joshua. We see it in Gideon and Samson. We see it in David's life all over the place where the Holy Spirit speaks to him and gives him words. We see it in Jesus' life as we move into the New Testament. We see at Jesus' conception the presence of the Holy Spirit. We see it at Jesus' baptism. We see him moving in all of the aspects of his ministry, giving him the power to work miracles. It's the, it's the unity in the Trinity, all of the aspects of the Godhead working together to work out our salvation in the earth. Not that they couldn't all do it themselves, but that they didn't want to. They wanted to operate in unity. And the Holy Spirit is the one who is giving that power, giving that strength to do the work. The work of the cross is where a new thing happens, where we see the Holy Spirit move in a new way, where we see him move and take on a new life for our, his people. It's no longer his presence just in a room, but it's, it's something greater. Because Jesus' death, we were able to take on this new way. So Acts 1, 4 through 8 says, Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he had said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom of Israel. He said to them, It is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. After this, they waited in Jerusalem. They waited and they prayed, and they waited. And after a season of waiting, we come to Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. So we see that wind again coming in to bring a new way of life. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them, and they were filled 
all with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men for every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered, because each of them was hearing their own hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we could each hear them in our own language to which we were born? The text is starting to point to Jesus, to Jesus' promise in John, 6, in John 14, 16, and 17, when he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is, the tr- that is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides, in, because he abides with you and will abide in you. This is the promise that the Savior gave before his death, that God would send someone who would be with and in you always. Now, if you are saved, if you have believed in the death and resurrection of Jesus and believed in the work of the cross and believed that he is who he says he is, and you love him, then you have that Holy Spirit. He is present with you. He is active in your life. He is moving in you. Because he promised that. So, he and the Spirit, sorry, this is distinctly different from how Holy Spirit operates in the Old Testament. In Acts, we see a crowd of people who believed that Jesus was God, believed in his death and resurrection, and also loved him enough to trust that he would do what he said he was going to do. As believers, we do that because we believe what he said. We know that we have the spirit that he promised. The cool thing is this, is it's true for us as we all accept. We don't have to wait. The moment we profess our love, the moment we profess our love for Jesus, we do not have to wait. He is there. He is present and he is active. He is moving and he is doing a work in us. So that work that we come to when the Father, when we believe in the Father and the Holy Spirit comes in, Then we move into this process of the already but not yet mentality. So we know in the epistles that it says, you are a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away and the new has come. God sees you as that whole creation. He sees you as that new being, as the one who is whole and complete in the eyes of Jesus. In the eyes of the Father, you are good because he's made you good. But then we also live in that not yet. I don't know about you, but I fail a lot. (laughs) I don't always do 
do what I should, and I don't always live the way I should. Just the reality of who I am. <laughs> it's the reality of my flawed, sinful self. But the reality is, is that we, although we are seen this way, we are still in the flesh. We still have fleshly desires. We still have this sinful self that requires help. The help that Jesus promised when he said he would send the helper. And that's the Holy Spirit. And so this process by which we are helped, we are made new, we are, we are made more like our spiritual self, that new creation. It's called sanctification, just a big word for Jesus, becoming more like Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit to change us, to reshape us. And so I've kind of, my brain categorizes things, so I've kind of categorized how the sanctification process works, and this is very simplistic. There's a lot more nuance and a lot more depth to what and how God moves, but we're going to keep it simple today. <laughs> so in the sanctification process, I think that there are two major categories, revelation and empowerment. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes to reveal. The Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth. He is the one who comes in and can show us the truth in Scripture, who comes in and shows us the depths of our failings. He shows us the, the bits and pieces in us that need to be changed, that need to be renewed and redeemed and made new. Um, John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit wants to tell you about the heart of the Father. His working in the revelations that he gives you is to draw you into the heart of the Father, to keep you in step with what he wants to do in your life, and to continually move you into closer understanding of God's love for you and his heart for you. There's kind of two overarching, see again, my brain categorizes. In the Revelation category, there's two overarching kind of ideas of how he reveals things or why he reveals things. There's correction, which I don't know about you, but I don't really love that one, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, he knows our hearts, and he knows what, what's keeping us held captive. You will never be more loved than you are now. Everybody hear that? God can never love you more than he loves you. Right now, in this moment, he loves you. But your understanding of his love, your recognition of that love in your own life can grow or it can diminish. So the Holy Spirit, when he's working in these correcting ways, he is pulling you into a place where he can bring you into a deeper understanding of that love, a deeper connection to that love, that in our humanity, we often put up our own walls to keep ourselves from. But what he wants to do is he wants to bring you into that love. He wants to show you that love. And he wants to continually correct the things that are blocking out that love for you. Somebody smile and say amen. You guys are like 
so quiet today. <laughs> I need loud people. <laughs> um, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. It's amazing. It's amazing that he can see completely into us. He can know everything about us and still love us completely. I love that about God. <laughs> then the other kind of category in this revelation category is connection. God desires connection from the beginning of the Old Testament when he's walking in the garden with his creation to revelation. God is desiring connections with his people. He wants to connect with you. He wants to be in conversation with you. Paul says, pray without ceasing. Now, in reality, like, do you think you could actually pray without ceasing, like on your knees, devout prayer, you know? No, that's not possible. You couldn't do the other things God asked you to do if you did that. But the reality is, is when I hear Paul say, pray without ceasing, I think of constant conversation. When I'm going through my day and I see something cool, I'm like, oh, God, that's really cool. You did that. You created that. Or when I'm frustrated and I'm having to deal with something that I don't want, like the printer not working, that is a constant frustration in my house. Um, <laughs> when I'm dealing with that, I, need, I can stop and say, oh, God, you know, this is really frustrating. It's really hard. And it's just that constant communication. He reveals things to us in our lives so that we can continue that constant connection with him. And then also in that connection, he wants to connect us with the people around us. So God will give us things. I don't know about you, but um, I grew up in the church. And it wasn't until about 10 years in to being in this relationship with God that I realized that God was telling me things. So I would be praying, and God would say something about someone, and I would be like, oh, that's cool. And I'd just think, oh, man, I think really nice things about people. <laughs> and God, and one day I was praying, and we had just talked about how the Holy Spirit speaks. And I asked him, I was like, all right, Lord, am I thinking these really nice things about people, or are you telling me these really nice things about people? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, okay, I'm really not as good as I think I am. <laughs> But the cool thing is, is that God can, will give us things for people. Usually it's just nice, good things. Like, did you know that God loves you? People need to hear that. And sometimes we don't recognize in our finite being self that God, that people need to hear that, that people need to hear, hey, God loves you. You're doing great today. And it seems simple. But the reality is, is that is from the Holy Spirit. That you don't know what that person is walking through. You have no idea how hard their life is in the moment. And that they needed someone to come alongside and say, hey, you're loved. You are, you are who God wants you to be in this moment. Just lean into him. So many times the Holy Spirit just wants us to connect with each other, to remind them of who God is and how much he loves them. So the second half of this is empowerment. Empowerment is, I think we shy away from the Holy Spirit conversation because there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't agree on. And that's okay. 
Everybody okay with not agreeing all the time? <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> because the reality is, is we know that he equips us. We know that he empowers us. We know that he does things in our lives, right? Have you seen it? That's right. And you know what? How he does it and how he moves is unexplainable 90% of the time. I wish I could tell you I had all the answers to how he moves and how he does all these things, but I don't. You don't. No one can because he is mysterious. When you think that you've got it figured out, he says, oh, no, I'm going to do it this way now. And you're just like, really? Come on. I thought I understood. (laughs) But the great thing is, is we do see some pretty um, biblical principles in the midst of all of the unexplainable. Does that make sense? (laughs) So we see God, that the Holy Spirit comes in and empowers us with gifts. Now, what those gifts are, we're not going to get into because we could debate that all day long. But he gives us gifts. You have things that you are good at, right? Everybody has things that they're good at, right? I don't believe you. (laughs) Yes, we all are good at things. And God comes in and he gives us these gifts. Why? Because he loves you. And he wants to see you show that love in the world. He wants you to show that love to everyone on earth. And so we use these gifts and these talents to further the kingdom of God, to see his love expand in the earth. Oh, man, I lost my place. (laughs) So we also see it in times of prayer, when we feel like all hope is lost. Has anybody ever felt hopeless? I have. The thing that we can see is when we are hopeless, when we are at the bottom, when we are in our lowest place, the Holy Spirit comes in and he lifts us up and he raises us up even in the moments we don't ask for it. That's when that revelation of connection comes in where someone comes alongside you and says, hey, did you know that God is with you? He is present. He is doing a work in your life, even if right now it feels like nothing is okay. Even if it feels like everything has gone to crap, I'm here. And I am the hands. I'm going to be his hands and feet. I'm present with you. The Holy Spirit comes in and he is present. He empowers. He equips you to stand up under that hard. He also gives you the ability to love when it seems like it is the absolute hardest thing to do. What is the greatest commandment? Does everybody know? Yeah. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and then love your neighbor as yourself, right? That's not an easy task. Someone once said to me, loving your neighbor as yourself is like walking down the street and seeing this everybody's house on fire. And instead of going to yours to save your own stuff, your own family, you go to your neighbor's house and you save theirs. Could you do that? Is that the love you're operating out of? Because I know it's not the way I'm. I'm, I'm operating most of the time. 
Oh, sorry. And there they are. <laughs> the reality is, is he is the one who loves. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the ability to love like God loves. We love because he first loved us, and it is that love that he is imparting in us that pours out of us. It's not in our own strength or in our own ability, but in his and his alone. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of the life we're walking out is the Holy Spirit wants to come up and say, I don't want you to do this alone. I don't want you to strive in your own understanding. I want you to trust me to give it to you. I want to do something real quick. Um, I want you to bow your head. Close your eyes. I want you to think of something that you have been driving in or dealing with or struggling over. The thing that has been the thorn in your side. I want you to ask Holy Spirit to be in it. I want you to ask him to help you see him in it. And I want you to ask him to work in it. Father God, Holy Spirit, you are a good God. You are a loving, present and active God. Father, we desire for you to change us, to align us into what you want for us. Take our physical selves and make us into that new creation. Father, move in our lives like you have never moved before. Continue to reveal yourself. Continue to do a work in us so that we can become closer to you, so that our understanding of your love can be greater. Father, we love you, and we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for your presence, and we thank you for all that you have done. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Jackie. And I think where Jackie started the conversation this morning is really key that this is an open-ended conversation, that her sitting down and putting down her notes doesn't finish the conversation, that we would love this conversation to continue around your dinner tables throughout your week and if you'd love to come and chat with somebody and, and ask some questions please do that Jackie would be happy to do that I would be happy to do that Neil would love to do that if you take him for a coffee um, so yeah so please feel free to do that it's open and also if there's anything that we can pray for you for this morning um, there are people around I'm happy to do that again the people that I've named would also be happy to do that so if we can pray for you this morning we would love to do that if there's things we can pray for or bring to our prayer meeting 
on Tuesday morning. We would love to be able to do that as well. But have a great rest of your day and yeah, good to see you this morning. Draw you in tonight, the open invitation. Of